0: Hello, I'm Stuart Bose, and this is the Net Hero Podcast. Thank you so much for supporting us over the years. And if you've not come across our channel before, let me tell you what we do. The Net Hero Podcast is part of FutureNetZero.com, a platform which believes that better business makes a better planet. We're all about people doing things that enable the planet to become more sustainable. That means reducing emissions, that means creating new things and products that we can all live and survive with, because at the end of the day, we can't hold back our development. We want a better planet, and I believe that business is the way for us to get that, by providing us products and services that have a lower carbon profile. And they're the kind of stories that we will be promoting on this channel. If you've seen and listened to our podcast before, you'll know that we've talked to scientists, academics, business people, but we're happy to talk to anyone who's trying to do their bit to make things different. And now, on to this week's episode. Welcome to this episode of the Net Hero podcast, all about air, air pollution. In fact, it's one of these things that's been kind of uh overseeing many many parts of kind of the net zero narrative what it is that makes it quite clear that we're screwing up the planet one of the easiest things to do that is to see it and we can see air pollution we can see smog we can feel it and it's one of those things that has been uh getting more and more important over the years as populations increase as societies change, my own family are from India, and India's levels of air pollution have exponentially risen as India has modernized. Well today I'm joined by Anna, I'm gonna hopefully I get this right, Dworakowska, sorry, from Polish Smog Alert. Anna, your Polish Smog Alert has been nominated for an Earthshot Prize, so many congratulations.
1: Well, uh, thank you very much. Indeed, uh, this year we were one of the three nominees uh, for the Airshot Prize uh, in the air uh, quality category. And of course, it's a great honor and um, great pleasure for us. And it's also a recognition of the hard work that we've been doing and all of the volunteers of Polish smugglers have been doing for the past 10 years to clean, clean the air in Poland. Let's talk about that. So it
0: has been going a while, like you said, 10 years. Is it a charity? Can you explain to the listeners and viewers? uh, Were you set up by an institution? Is it funded by the state? What's the background?
1: we started as a local grassroots organization so a non-governmental non-for-profit organization and we started 10 years ago in the city of krakow where i personally live as well which at that time was one of the most polluted cities uh, in europe and uh, as citizens living there some of us actually working on environment, as environmental economists or activists in uh, NGOs or scientists, we decided to join our forces and uh, try to change it and try uh, to do something about it. So this was over 10 years ago, in 2012. At that time, really, you could choke on Krakow's air. The, The levels of pollution, they were... Very, very high. Give
0: me an experience. Uh, walking down the street, would, would yeah. you see it? Would it be like a haze? And, and how did you feel?
1: Yeah, this was a haze with a very nasty smell, basically, because the main problem uh, at that time, but still in Poland, the main source of dust pollution that is particulate matter was the burning of coal, burning of wood, and also sometimes, unfortunately, waste. So, at that time, we had only in Krakow 30,000 stoves, boilers, uh, burning coal uh, in the city. That was the main problem, but uh, Mm -hmm. the authorities, uh, well, basically did not do anything about it, because as you can imagine, 30,000 households being heated like that. This is a huge problem to address. And although different documents like the air quality plan said that in order to clean the air in Krakow, at least at least to some point, we need to ban the use of coal and wood in the city because the Krakow is located in a valley. So we don't have much winds. And this is why we really need to cut down on emissions. But at the same time, the same document would say that it's impossible because of social and economic reasons. So with our campaign, we tried to convince the decision makers that it is possible. And very soon, uh, the issue of Krakow's air, which, as I said, at that time, although it was the most one of the most polluted cities in Europe, no one knew about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So when we,
1: that, that was shocking. And there was also a shock for us Uh, because we also lived so many years in that city and we didn't know about it. But once we kind of discovered the data, we started showing it to people and the media got really interested. We were joined by scientists, joined by doctors, uh, joined by normal, ordinary people, thousands of them going on protest marches. Uh, thousands of articles in the media. And after one year of that campaign, we were finally joined by by by, by the politicians, and they they <laughs> voted the ban.
0: <laughs> they saw the pressure. They could feel. Yes, much. they
1: saw definitely. They saw the pressure yeah. on the streets, uh, directly under the doors of their offices, and and. Uh, they voted in favor of the ban uh, of coal, and later on, the ban of wood
0: as well. I want to take you back because I want to talk about how you've done things and cleaned up, which is brilliant. But let's just go back. Um, have you lived in Poland all your life?
1: Yes, yes. I was. I lived in Poland all my life. However, I was born in northeastern Poland, right. which is you know close to the border with Lithuania, Belarus. There is this beautiful uh, Białowieża forest, clean air. <laughs> yes, and a lot of clean air. And then then I I ended up in Krakow. So <laughs> in uh, but it was yeah, many years ago, over 20 years ago.
0: Let's go back a little bit further. Pre-the breakdown of communism. See, we have very little knowledge of what things were like. Now we'd assume that there was obviously here as well in the UK, lots of coal power back in eight in the eighties and, and early nineties. Was there an effect of as Poland opened up, as it started to industrialize more, that the level of pollution increased or was it, has it always been the same? I just wanted to get an idea for for, for our listeners of of whether this is part of the consequence of economic growth, which is one of the things a lot of people say.
1: Not really, actually, it's actually, it's the other way around, because we used to have a lot of pollution from the industry, from heavy industry, uh, which during the communist times was, you know, uh, the basis of the communist economy. However, in the free market, this industry, as it was really ineffective, was unable to survive at that level. Because, you know, the free markets meant a lot of state subsidies basically were gone. So a lot of actually uh, heavy industry either shut down or decreased its production. So
0: you're talking about things like steel making and cement, all of it?
1: Yeah, we still have a a steel making. Yeah, but then when we joined the EU, we also had to implement all the regulations, uh, for example, from the Industrial Emissions Directive, which also means that the pollution from the industry went down. It doesn't mean it's not a problem. However, it's not the main contributor. The main contributor in Poland uh, is, as I said, the household sector. So the burning of coal and wood in sometimes very very polluting boilers, we call them smokers because they emit a lot, really a lot of smoke. Like you go w- walk through little villages or towns, and you can see like every other house spewing
0: wow. crazy
1: amounts of 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 smoke of different colors. It really sounds
0: like London in the nineteen fifties. and 60s. Yes, it, is. Yeah, it every does. Every house had a coal yes. fire. And yes. Up the chimney.
1: Yes. Yes. So basically, households burning of coal and wood in households is uh, responsible for like eighty percent of uh, wow. particulate matter emissions. So it's 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 the main source. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Your actual issue is the heating of houses. It's yeah. not so much industry, and it's not so much diesel vehicles or traffic?
1: Diesel vehicles are a problem, but in the city. And it is also being addressed right now. For example, Krakow voted the first in Poland, low emission zone. It's not so ambitious as in London, but (laughs) given the differences in economic, let's say, levels, uh, it is uh, an important piece of legislation. And right now, Warsaw is... Is doing the same. So this is this issue is also um, being addressed.
0: Yeah. So let's move forward. And, and thank you for that context. It gives I I think it gives us a real picture of what, what the problems are. So I'm sitting in my house in Krakow and I've been burning coal and wood all my life, and it keeps my house and my family warm. Suddenly I get it. You have this movement that says to the politicians, you've got to clean it up. How did they address that? Because that's a very difficult thing to say to people, stop burning this. What was the alternative? How, how did things start to change?
1: Yeah, this was also very important for us. We didn't want to leave these 30,000 households, which means around 100,000 people, uh, no. alone, basically. And we uh, also put pressure on politicians to make sure that there are support programs in place. And there were two important support programs. One was a subsidy program for you to actually install a new uh, heating system that will not pollute the air uh, so much. And uh, the other program was for the poor, it was a heating allowance. So if you gave up wow. coal, which at that time was the cheapest source of heating, right now it's not because you know of the energy crisis, coal prices went up, but at that time it was the cheapest source of heating. So the poor, if they decided to give up coal, well, they, did, they had to do it anyway, right? They were paid an annual heating allowance uh, to help them cover the costs of heating.
0: And what what was the alternative fuel source they went to then? What did you do?
1: The alternative fuel source, well, we are in the city, so a lot of people could switch to district heating. Um, The the other source was, of course, gas heating and, and of course, heat pumps. Right now, heat pumps are the first choice, but it was 10 years ago, so they were not so popular at that time. Uh, But right now, when we look at... In Poland, in general, when people change from coal, they use, like 60% of them go for a heat pump. Wow, I mean,
0: that is incredible. And that's really interesting because we're yeah. facing that dilemma in the UK, which is how do we, you know, get rid of, you know, decarbonize heat? And we have gas here as, as our principal heating source. And people worry about, you know, the cost of heat pumps, the noise of heat pumps, and all of that. How's the experience been for those? poorer people when they switch from coal to to heat pumps
1: uh well of course what you have to make sure definitely is that your house is properly uh, thermally insulated especially in poland as we do get you get Longer cold and definitely <laughs> colder winters than in Britain, but this is this is the this is the the baseline, right? You need to have your house insulated. What as Polish smuggler, because we started in Krakow, but later on, uh, you know, we developed into a mm, countrywide organization, and we are advocating for reforms, legislative, financial, organizational, everything connected with air quality on the national level. So one of our actually successes was the establishment of a countrywide subsidy program for actually helping people to to switch from coal to something different. So when you look at this program, already 700,000 people actually applied for a subsidy to this program. Yeah, it is a lot. And uh, when you look at this, uh, 60 percent of these people choose a heat pump, 20 percent choose a biomass source and 20 percent choose gas. More or less, it's like this. But what is also important, this program also provides subsidies to thermal modernization. And uh, so this allows people actually to have a very comprehensive investment, not only change of the heat source, but also reducing heat demand whatsoever. And this is this actually is becoming, especially after the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the ensuing energy crisis, this is becoming like a priority because what we need to do, we need to reduce heat demand, regardless of what the heat source uh is so several years ago we calculated that polish households emit uh 30 million tons of co2 a year so if you insulate and a lot of them are not insulated at all like one third yeah and one another one third is insulated like too thinly right so if you bring them to i'm not saying a passive standard but like a decent insulation standard and change the heat source, you can actually go down from 30 uh, million tons a year to five million tons a year. So this is is a huge potential that is still, um, well, it is being tapped, but just a bit, by this program, yeah.
0: One of the problems with all of this is the cost. And everything you said, everyone would agree with you, completely listening. Who wants to live in a city where you're choked, where health is affected, particularly older and young people? But there's a real cost to decarbonize, to pay for insulation, to pay for heat pumps, particularly for the poorest who can't afford it. How has any of this funding come and, and what's the situation with trying to get to this goal?
1: Well, as I said, the, the define, we, we look at this transformation, energy transformation of Polish houses in like, there are, well, three very important things. So the first one is uh, good legislation so we need to ban certain types of heating or certain types of appliances to enter the market or to be used in houses and uh, right now actually 90% of Poland is covered by legislation which bans or will ban in near future the use of these smokers right Right. the second the second important element is the are the financial program and the main one is the one that I was talking about it's a governmental program called cleaner program and the third of course is basically making people aware <laughs> why why all these things have to happen and as far as this financial program is concerned it's been uh funded by polish government money winning Right. For example, my money from the
0: state, yeah, yeah
1: tax money, uh, but also uh, EU funds are being used uh, to 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 finance that. And right now, we are talking with already almost a new government, as we are right now experiencing government switch, also to channel some of the ETS money to that program because it. Does have, of course, clear benefits for clean air, but it also has benefits for, for climate because, of course, coal and wood burning is not good for climate as well. So uh, that's one thing. But when we talk about benefits and costs, I think we have to look at the flip side. So the, the other side is that when we make people healthier, there are a lot of savings. And just to give you, to continue the story of Krakow, what is the impact of banning coal yeah. and wood use? So when we started the campaign, we would experience around 120 smog days a year, which means wow. four months a year, the heating season, air was extremely polluted. Right now, this goes down to 30 days. So one month a year.
0: Can you feel that difference? You can yes, see Yes,
1: I mean, you can feel it. When you walk the streets of Krakow, uh, first of all, you can't see any black smoke coming out of the chimney. So you can <laughs> see. But you can also just feel it with your nose, basically, yeah. because the air stopped stinking. And when yeah. there are those days when air pollution is higher, yeah, you can also feel it, that something's wrong. But also what is important, that on those days, it's it's higher over the norm, but it's not like eight times the norm. It's only like, let's say, twice the norm. So there's also the difference in the intensity. But what is also important, one of the Krakow's uh, doctors, she has been following the health of children over the 10 years. I was years. going to
0: talk about health. Yeah, absolutely. Yes,
1: uh, she was just focusing on asthma asthma cases and it turned out that the incidence of asthma symptoms decreased from 22% which is really a lot like almost one-fourth of Krakow's children was had asthma symptoms so this decreased over the 10 uh, years from 22% to 9% so this is a huge improvement And it just shows that it is really worthwhile to do things like that to improve the air because it really translates into. It's not an anonymous, you know. I'm sorry, I'll say that, but when we hear the statistics, like 300,000 people a year die in the EU because of air pollution, it is anonymous. But when you like pinpoint it to one location. It stops being anonymous.
0: It does. It does. I mean, this is a really interesting thing because the public is, it's the hardest thing and it's also the most powerful thing, like you said, right? If you can motivate the public to be involved, what has been the scale of kind of public reaction to this? Because obviously there'll be people who are environmentalists, maybe people who are campaigners, and dare I say people who are slightly more educated, who'll be like, yes, we're backing this. But other people will be thinking, I've done this all my life. I can't afford to do this, I'm worried about the future. Over these 10 years that the campaign's been going, you've seen this change, what has been the reaction of the public in Krakow? And how have you seen, I'm I'm hoping that they've probably been positive, but I'm sure there must have been some resistance, particularly on the financial side of it all.
1: Yes, overall, it was hugely positive. I mean, people, when they got to know That they live in one of the most polluted cities in the world, but they don't know about it. Oh, they were angry. They were Mm -hmm. (laughs) really, really angry. So we, we have had a lot of support from Krakow citizens, and without them, it wouldn't be possible. And over the years, we have had a lot of support from Polish citizens, from Pol- Poli- people living in Poland. Because, as I said, this is not only a story of Krakow, it's a story of the whole country, because the whole country has the problem with our with pollution. We're the most, along with Bulgaria the most polluted country in the EU. So we have seen a lot of support and a lot of understanding, but of course there are people who will, I don't know, who will be afraid to change. You've got to
0: take those people with you, don't you? You've got to take people with you.
1: Yes, you need to. This is why these support programs, financial programs, are extremely important. Something like institutionalizing a bit this awareness change. So, for example, in many regions right now, we have a special official who's called an eco-advisor. And the role of this official, he's paid by either from external like projects or from municipal uh, sources, but it's a municipal official, local official, and his or her role is actually to talk to people and explain to them what the scale wow. of the problem is. A
0: proper, so, proper campaign of PR yeah. and- information yeah Yeah.
1: exactly and also to help them access all these subsidies and uh, different financial schemes or maybe help them advise them on uh, on choosing a new heating source so this is this is also very vital that this awareness change is not only the role of ngos because ngos are you know just a couple of people working dedicated to a certain a certain subject but this is also the role of authorities on the national, regional and local level.
0: So what's next for Polish smogolet?
1: So we still have a long way to go. I've just looked at the recent statistics from our so, uh, research into what is going on in single-family houses in Poland and we can see that still 2 million smokers are active in these houses, yes. Oh. Poland still has a quite high levels of PM2.5, PM10. So dust emissions are still high. Benzopyran emissions, which is another uh, pollutant, carcinogenic pollutants, are the highest in Europe still. They're lower than 10 years ago, but still the highest. So our priority is to remove these smokers from Polish houses Through wise financial schemes and and awareness raising and legislation, of course, so that this the trio that I was talking about. But also uh, in the cities, we do need to tackle NO two pollution, and this is. I was going to say, you're looking at
0: transport as well, yeah.
1: Yeah, so we are looking at transport. We are we are working on low emission zones in Krakow, Rzeszow, Warsaw. So uh, these are actually the cities that have the largest problem with. With NO2 pollution, so these are. This is also one of our objectives to to go forward with us. Yeah. Why have
0: you done this? You seem very passionate. I mean, a you're very knowledgeable. Fantastic stuff. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And it's always great to hear. We don't hear enough from Eastern Europe, so it's brilliant to to hear from you. But
1: why have you been so impassioned by this? I think this is because I live where I live. So. <laughs> Together with the people that we started uh, this campaign 10 years ago, we had this choice. Once you have this knowledge, you can't be kind of oblivious to it, right? Yeah. So we, we face the choice. Either we move out from Krakow, but effectively from Poland, because yeah Krakow was just a very famous example of something that was going on around the country or we tried to change it so we saw it a bit as a challenge and we decided to try to change it and because it started really moving forward very quickly of course this always gives you power to continue however it's not easy sometimes there are really dark days you know for the past two years, after the Russian invasion of Ukraine, we've been going backwards. A lot of, uh, of anti-smog legislative has been lifted. And you could see that, you know, the, the priority of environmental yeah. issues has decreased massively because we are facing the war just behind our doors, basically. So sometimes it's difficult, but when you when you have the victories... Uh, it really gives you power to continue and when you look at the research that I've mentioned with asthma among kids or when you can see that actually the death rate from from air pollution in Poland is decreasing this really gives you, a real gives you power to continue yeah yeah, yeah. well and I,
0: I think you know this is called the net hero podcast you're definitely <laughs> here you and your team there thank your you colleagues because to do something like that to create a movement that changes and moves legislation is brilliant. I really hope you continued success with what you're doing and if people want to find out um are you on social media how do they find out about polish uh, yes
1: yes we have an english website uh, which oh. is polish smuggler.org but it just gives um basic information about what we do you can also find our polish web- website polski alarm smogowy pl and you know we've got, we've got so- a
0: few polls in the uk so that's yeah
1: good. <laughs> and yeah you can follow us on facebook instagram linkedin um and twitter
0: yeah oh x sorry yeah ex. of course <laughs> x as it's known well look best of luck we would like to hear more from you so please stay in touch um we'll definitely publicize what you're doing because i think it's it's brilliant action so anna thank you so thank much you. for joining us from Krakow. and if you've been inspired by what anna's doing then check out polishsmogalert.org. make sure that you start to get in touch with us about the things you're doing we'll catch you soon on the next episode of the net hero podcast You've been listening to the Net Hero podcast with Summit Bose from Future Net Zero. Visit our platform for all things Net Zero. And if you or your business is doing great things on the path to Net Zero and want to be featured on the podcast, email nethero at futurenetzero.com. Follow us on social media. Futurenetzero.com. Better business, better planet.